Thursday, March 15th, 2018. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Polk Runyon, and tonight we present the first of a two-part presentation on the legenda of the Order of the Temple of Astarte's second degree, Neochorus, in the Craterapoa system. Now, this initiation was originally inspired by the French version of Craterapoa from Paul Christian's 1870 History and Practice of Magic, and it was called The Mysteries of the Pyramids. It has been performed here in Southern California since 1970, and it is very dramatic and challenging. A rite of passage that one never forgets. Now, a legenda is the story of an initiation. It reveals the deeper meaning of the ritual while keeping such things as passwords, symbols, and formulas secret. Now, the legenda gives you the meaning. So, if you'd like to know about one of the oldest magical initiatory rituals, tune in and uh, we'll share it with you. Now, I'd like to mention that, uh, that we've covered the Crater Rapoa and the origins of this system in, in our journal, the, uh, the Seventh Ray, uh, specifically the, the Green Ray, uh, Book 3, which is presently out of print, and, and uh, however, it will, be, uh, it will be available again in a few weeks. Uh, and uh, so those of you who want to get more of the background of this, you, we certainly recommend that you uh, get a hold of, uh, of the Seventh Ray. Now, the legenda of an initiatory degree is basically the story of the degree, what it means and how it is presented. What the candidate or the candidates should learn from it and what they should study to master its lessons. The legenda can be read before or after receiving the degree. And I can tell you right now, if you associate members that are listening, that in order to get a letter of entitlement to take the second degree, you're going to have to pass an examination on this legenda. So listen carefully. Of course, we'll have it posted on the website later. But Now, as far as the secrets of the degree are concerned, the legenda does not conceal philosophical revelations or even theurgic and thaumaturgic methods. It seeks to expound and explain them. However, in deference to tradition, it withholds certain proprietary modes of testing recognition and authentication, such as hand grips, passwords, capitalistic, and geometric symbols. Now, excluding all of these secrets, the legenda gives you the story and the meaning of the degree. Now, Neochorus is the second degree of the ancient Craterapoa system. It is described in the Craterapoa thus, after the candidate had spent a year's apprenticeship in pastiforous grade, a period of severe fasting was imposed upon him. He was then conducted to the cavern of Endamion, where he was fed and cared for by women who tried to seduce him. And if he resisted these temptations, he was questioned, and then he was threatened with a living serpent. He was then placed before the pillars of the temple, through which he viewed the spoked wheel of the sacred seasons. He was instructed in geometry and, and, and architecture. 
and given the password of the degree, the sign and the degree and the token, and assigned the duty of washing the columns. Now, our modern version of this degree, Craterapo Reformato, does follow the above outline, but our initiation comes from a later French version of the original German 1770 Craterapoa. Now, this French version, called the Initiation of the Pyramids, is from Paul Christian's History and Practice of Magic, which was published in 1870. And it combines elements from all seven degrees of the German system with a few additions of its own. Now, this was our first OTA initiation back in 1970. Now, when we adopted the entire Craterapoa system a few years later, we applied our French version, which was originally our first degree, to the Neo-Chorus grade, and it became our second degree. Our version of Pastaphorus, the first degree, expanded the alchemy of the sacred year, and we called it the fellowship of the group. Now, although Neo-Chorus seems to favor one candidate, we have initiated as many as eight in one evening. Now, this requires some creative blocking from the director of the work. But in the agenda, we are not concerned with stagecraft, so we will leave that as a challenge for lodge officers working for proprietary scripts. Now, and with that condition duly noted, let's get on with it. Right of New Chorus, Section 1, Part 1, the reception, the purification, and the examination. The candidate or candidates are greeted at the portal of the hermitage or outer court of the temple by the Thesmophores, who is who we call the Thes, who carries the lamp and keys of his office. Now, each candidate should come with two robes, a white one and a black one. Now, the Thes, who is the guide, the Thesmophorus is the, is the uh, Greco-Egyptian uh, term for, for, for the, the guide, and we, we call him the Thes. He tell, uh, tells the candidate that he will be his guide or their guide through the ceremony, and that they must agree to obey him without question. Now, when the Thes has this assurance, he opens the door and invites them in, saying, Enter freely and of your own will. He guides them to an area that is arranged for testing and seats them together. He then informs them, We have provided paper, pencils, and drafting tools on this table. Please render the tree of life design in the proper proportions and note all the required correspondences on the spheres and the paths, and sign it with your mundane, your mundane and your magical names, and then turn them in to me when you're finished. They will be graded by the judges during your examination. Now, this is not an easy test, because the Tree of Life is a complex design, and it has to be rendered on, on a universal grid, and uh, the proportions have to be according to uh, according to the formula, and uh, and then you have to know your magical alphabet both in Phoenician and in Hebrew, and uh, your correspond all your tarot correspondences, and they have to be applied to the uh, uh, to the design that you turn in. 
Now, when the Thes has collected all the test papers, he then directs each candidate to a room where he or she made this robe and then return wearing only the only the white robe. Now, traditionally, they should be nude under the robe, but if modesty is a strong issue uh, with some of them, they may wear underwear. That's a reason. Uh, in, 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 back, in, back in back in 1970, when we got started, it was a different era. Uh, but but more recently, we've uh, we've 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 conceded that 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 uh, some people may 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 be may be somewhat modest, and we'll concede to that. Now they all resume their seats wearing their white robes. That those then blindfolds the first candidate and bids him or her to rise, follow me to the grotto of Endymion, which is the place of bondage and solitude. Uh, he leads the candidate to a remote location where he or she is seated and his wrists are tied lightly with a soft cord. He says, child of the earth, this is the test of bondage and solitude. In ancient times, you would remain here for days on end, alone with your thoughts, not knowing if you would ever see the light again. This test symbolizes the bondage of the human spirit within the prison of mortal flesh and earthbound darkness. In olden days, it had a more practical purpose. The ancient Magi of our tradition knew that people who were not at peace with themselves could not long endure the company of their own thoughts alone in silent darkness for weeks or even months. But today you are more fortunate. You will remain here no more than a few hours. If you move or cry out, you will be disqualified, and you may silently practice proficiency in preparation for your examination. And I can tell you right now that the proficiency is just as difficult in its own way as the as the uh, drawing the tree of life. The Fez leaves the first candidate and returns to the others, blindfolding and conducting each to a similar location and giving them the same instructions. After no less than half an hour's time, he will return to the first candidate, conducting him or her to the place of examination. He sits the candidate down and removes the hoodwink. The candidate is facing a panel of judges made up of inner order members wearing black hooded robes. They have the candidate's test papers before them. As soon as the blindfold is removed, the chief judge turns over an hourglass and places it between him and the candidate. There should be about 10 minutes sand in the upper funnel of the glass, and while the sand is running out, the judges pass the test papers among them, pointing to possible errors. The chief adept continues to stare at the candidate while the sand finally runs out, and then the chief says, what is the great work? The candidate recites the memorized proficiency, and he may be prompted if necessary. And the great work of the Western esoteric tradition is the quest of the grail upon the altar of the temple within. This holy grail is nothing less than our immortal soul, the divine and transcendent aspect of our being. Although we can create nothing to equal the glory of our soul, we can build an inner temple wherein we may enshrine the grail by perfecting the rites and symbols of our sacred art, thereby enabling us to bring our personalities in touch with divinity so that the spirit may transform the mind to an enlightened state of perception, thus enabling us to share in the adventure of an ever-continuing and evolving consciousness.
Yeah, and that is not an easy, an easy uh, thing to memorize. The candidate is not told whether his or her recitation and test are satisfactory. The judges exchange glances and point to the test and make no comment. The chief adept says to the thugs, Frater Cosmophores, you will reconduct the candidate to the grotto of Endamion and enjoin him or her to silence while we deliberate upon his or her qualifications. Now the Thes hoodwinks the candidate and leads him or her back to the to a seat near the first station where the Sphinx will be confronted. And what he's going to do is we usually have a, you know, several chairs there. If we have multiple candidates, we have several chairs uh uh, lined up close together because they're all going to, you know, face the Sphinx in the line. And so the, um, the Thes says, you are again required to remain here in silence until I return to inform you of the results of your examination. And this procedure is repeated for all the candidates who pass the exam, and they should be seated together so they may confront the Sphinx as we begin part two, the ordeals. Now the Thes greets the seated candidates. Children of the earth, I salute you. You have stood the test of bondage and solitude and passed your examinations. I release now, of course, some of them may not have, in which case they, they've, been, they, they, they've already been sent home. I release your bonds, he does so, but you will remain blind in the darkness of ignorance. Rise, and I will lead you to the gate of men. And then we enter part two, the ordeals. The Thes carefully guides the hoodwinked candidates to the gate of men, which is the portal to the Barantha. They are challenged by the Sphinx, who is a black-robed man wearing a mask of a beautiful woman, which is half black and half white, right down the middle, uh, divided, half black and half white. And is surrounded by an Egyptian nemesis of black and white stripes. Now, the Sphinx carries a torch, which lights his face. And the Sphinx says, Who is this blind mortal who stands before the gate of men? The Fez says, He is an aspirant to the sacred mysteries who has stood the test of bondage and solitude and passed the examination. And the Sphinx says, Then open his eyes that he may contemplate the enigma of the Sphinx. The Fez removes the hoodwink. The Sphinx says, Child of the earth, know that I am Sphinx, eternal guardian of the gate of men, a portal that opens into the vast gloom of the Barantha, that dark cavern which you must travel to reach the Temple of Light. If you would make this journey, you must possess the key which unlocks the secrets of the elements. Do you have it? The Thes prompts the candidate who gives the key. Now that remains secret. And the Sphinx says, Such are the words of our thrice greatest master. Pass on, child of the earth. The Thes replaces the hoodwink or hoodwinks and leads the candidate or candidates into the Barantha. Pathway into this dark cavern may be simulated by a series of uneven stepping stones. The candidate may be carefully guided one the candidates may be carefully guided one at a time over various ramps and planks. Now, if you've ever walked in a in a dark cavern, you know that the floor. The worst thing about a cave is is the uneven floor, and so you want to simulate this. And, and, and these people are blindfolded, so so you can simulate this rather well. Um, 
and uh, various ramps and planks set at odd angles. The Thes may need an assistant, perhaps the Sphinx, to assume uh, to assure that uh, safety and, and and move and move furniture, folding chairs around. Now the illusion of a dangerous cavern may be enhanced by sound effects and recorded music. And we use the devices uh, like a spring drum, and one of our very ingenious members created a crank-driven growling machine. <laughs> That's pretty fearsome. Now, the first says, you are in a place of danger, so take each step carefully. Make sure of your footing before you advance. I will guide you, but you must maintain your balance. Now, at this point, the Odos, that's the, the Craterapose orator, or oh, who can be the Sphinx, begins to recite selections from the Chaldean oracles. Floor the river of the soul, whence or in what order you have come, so that although you have become a servant to the body, you may again rise to the order from which you descended, joining works to sacred reason. Things divine are not attained by mortals who understand the body alone, but only by those who, stripped of their garments, arrive at the summit. And a sound of moaning wind arises. Now, if there are multiple candidates, the Fez will seat them all in chairs provided at this location, where they will all wait in silence as they are each in turn individually conducted through the final tests and the obligation. Now, this, from this point on, we have to, we have to do uh, each candidate individually, all the way into the temple for the obligation. And so what the Thes does, we carry them all the way in, they take the obligation, and then the Thes comes back and, and then back to this line of chairs and, and gets another one and takes them through. So... Uh, that there selects the first candidate and leads him or her to confront Leviathan. Now, the Thes, careful now. We are nearing the abyss. It is the bottomless crevasse that forever separates the world of flesh from the realm of the spirit. They are now challenged by the dragon Leviathan, a black-robed figure with a seven-horned demon-masked headdress. He is Lotan or Karanzan, the guardian of the abyss. Leviathan, who is this blind mortal who seeks to cross the abyss? The Thesmophorus says, He is an aspirant to the sacred mysteries who has stood the test of bondage and solitude, passed examination, and given the key to the Sphinx. Leviathan, then unbind his eyes so that he may gaze into the depths of the abyss. The Thes removes the hoodwink. The candidate steps forward. Beneath his seven-horned mask, Leviathan holds a staff surmounted by a circular dark mirror on which is inscribed a red upside-down pentagram. The mirror is flanked by two sconced red candles. The candidate sees his or her face reflected in the mirror behind the satanic pentagram, as Leviathan says, Child of Earth, Know that I am Leviathan, primordial dragon of chaos, and the enemy of all those who seek the light. I am all passions unrestrained and all forces unbalanced. No one crosses the abyss who does not first vanquish me. Look upon my visage and know your greatest enemy. Mephez says, by what words and signs are you vanquished? Leviathan, 
by the creed of thrice, thrice greatest Hermes and the pentagram of Solomon. The third says to the candidate, stand firm, make the sign, and speak clearly these words, two and two and two and two. <laughs> What's your secret? Candidate makes the sign and speaks the formula. I want to interrupt this to make, make an observation. Uh, a magician named Mercer just recently published a book uh, on, on Enochian, on his own, his own take on, on the Enochian Aethers. And he has, he has the, uh, the magician doing the Aethers, uh, the higher Aethers, and confronting Karanzin, the, uh, the, tr- the, tr- the tr- tr- traditional Enochian demon of the abyss, in this particular aether, I think it's uh, Zax or something like that. But anyway, uh, he he confronts Karanzan in this aether and realizes that he's looking at himself. And one of my one of my students gave me a, gave me a copy of this book, and he said he said you got to read this. And so I read it, and and I, I and I and I told the candidate I I told my student who had already gone through Neo Chorus. I said look, I said you did this. You did this out there with Leviathan, and and uh, and and uh, this this and and he said, yeah, that's right, I did. Yeah, so so uh, this uh, this this is uh, rather rather a uh, profound thing. And I also like to mention that the flip side of this of this phenomenon is that in Merkava mysticism, which preceded the Kabbalah. And Leonor Elite, the successor of Ira Kaplan, points out that when you when you get to the highest throne in Merkava mysticism, chariot mysticism, and you confront God on his throne, the face of God that you're looking at is your own. And that is one of the big secrets of this degree. Now, Leviathan voices a hollow groan and retires after he has been given the formula. Bethesda again hoodwinks the candidate and leads him or her to the bridge, which the candidate must uh, cross to reach the temple. Now, this bridge is a wobbly, unstable plank. Cable is suspended overhead, which the blindfolded candidate must reach up and grasp so that he can go hand over hand across the bridge. Now, Thesmophorus says, You have reached the bridge that spans the abyss, separating you from the temple of light. Step up on it and reach up over your head, taking hold of the cable with both hands. The Thes makes sure that this is properly done and the candidate is standing centered on the plank. And you're going to have to, the, the, the plank is unstable, so you're, you're going to have to steady the candidate going across. The Thes continues, the cable is your lifeline across the gulf between the worlds. The bridge is narrow. You must cross over alone. Advance one step at a time and slide your hands along the cable as you go. The Odos or the Sphinx again recites from the Chaldean oracles, Stoop not down into a darkly splendid world wherein continually lieth the faceless depth of Hades wrapped in clouds, delighting in unintelligible images, precipitous winding, a black ever-rolling abyss, ever-espousing a body, unluminous, formless, and void. Stoop not down, for a precipice lieth beneath the earth, reached by a descending ladder which hath seven steps, and therein is established the throne of an evil and fatal force. 
professor courses is uh, represents the clefothic uh, tree of evil, which is a reverse, which you know just is a reverse of the tree of life. Stay not on the precipice with the dross of matter, for there is a place for thine image in a realm ever splendid. At this point, the candidate should be stepping down into the proneus of the temple, and the Sphinx declares, Every way unto the emancipated soul extend the rays of fire. Bethesda removes the hoodwink as the fire blazes up in a brazier, illuminating the gossamer veil across the entrance to the inner sanctum of the temple. Now we're into phase three, the initiation. The candidate and the Thes stand before the veil. A gong sounds from within the temple. The Thes knocks three times. From behind the veil, the priestess asks, Who is without? The Thes replies, An aspirant to the sacred mysteries who has stood the test of bondage and solitude, passed examination, and given the key to the Sphinx, vanquished Leviathan, and crossed the abyss. The priestess says, Child of Earth, be advised that only those who know the way and the secret of the way, and only those who are willing to stand before the judgment of eternity, may part this veil of tears and enter the inner sanctum. What is the way? Bethes prompts the candidate, know yourself. And the priestess says, and what is the secret of the way? Mathez again prompts the candidate, in tuo templus, templo tuas deus, in your temple you are a god. The priestess says, you have answered correctly. Now you must prove your fitness in the test of purification. Do you choose scourging or the ordeal by fire? If the candidate has opted for the traditional scourging, he or she will be nude under their white robe. The robe will be removed, and the Thes will assist the candidate to assume the sign of Osiris slain, with arms spread out. Then he will say, Gracious High Priestess, the candidate stands ready. A gong will sound inside the temple. The lictor will emerge wearing a demon mask and carrying a scourge, which he will brandish and snap in the air harder than he will strike. Bethesda beats a drum while the lictor swats the candidate three times across the back. If the candidate is modest and has opted for the ordeal by fire, his or her robe is still removed, and he or she is subjected to what appears to be a serious burn. After these punishments are inflicted, the priestess asks, has he or she accepted the purification without complaint? And to which the Thes replies, he has indeed. The priestess says, it is well. Starborn child of earth, come forward out of the darkness and enter the light. Bethes guides the candidate through the veil and steps three feet before the pillars. The priestess stands a like distance on the other side. She wears the jewels about her goddess and carries the ampulla of sacred oil. And the priestess says, You have been richly purified to signify to you that the pains and tribulations of this life are to be borne without resentment, even if they seem undeserved. For they may be debts owed from a previous lifetime and should be accepted with grace if you are worthy of spiritual advancement. Now step forward again. Bethesda guides the candidate directly between the pillars. The priestess advances two steps. The priestess says, Child of the light, you stand between the pillars of Enoch and thrice greatest Hermes, crafted in the age before the great flood, when gods walked the earth and taught men the secrets of heaven. The serpents you see twined around these columns are emblazoned with the most 
ancient laws and the language of the angels. These columns also represent the pillars of mercy and severity on the tree of life. And you are now the center pole of that equilibrium, a channel through which the mighty forces of the celestial spheres, both in the universal macrocosm and in your own personal microcosm, may be invoked by the names of power. Now, at this point, the priest is at the altar behind the priestess. And while the priestess anoints the psychic center, the psychic centers of the middle pillar, um, which includes all the uh, the lightning flash all the way down the tree. While she anoints the, uh, the candidate, the priest gives the uh, the battery from the master ritual. And Bethes comes forward with the black robe, dressing the candidate. The priestess retires. An acolyte lights the brazier on the altar while the Thes uh, while, while the Thes moves the candidate directly before the altar, facing eastward, a gong rings. And the hierophant, the high priest, says, Child of the light, you have passed all the ordeals and could have penetrated to the very intersect of the mysteries. You have been anointed with the holy oil, and you now wear the vestments of the art. But there is one more final test that you must pass before you take the obligation that will make you one of us. It is the test of purpose. Before you on the altar, you see two cups, one black and one white. The dark goblet on your left represents a commitment to the path of worldly domination and power, while the white goblet on your right symbolizes your quest for celestial wisdom and immortality. You must choose now which cup you will drink, and when I give the command, seize it quickly and drain it to the dregs. Drink. The candidate seizes the white cup and drinks the wine it then drinks down the wine it contains. And the hierophant says, Child of the light, you have chosen well. Now take up a black goblet you so wisely refused and sip it very carefully so that you will always remember the taste of the cup of abominations. And the candidate tastes the bitter mixture. The Hierophant says, In ancient times, the Magi of our tradition placed a deadly poison in the dark cup so that even if the candidate had the knowledge and the courage to win through all the ordeals and enter the very inner sanctum of the temple... He would not live to misuse the secrets he had gained. Are you now prepared to swear your sacred oath and seal it with a drop of your blood? He says, I am. Now, uh, this, is, this, this is where we're going to stop part one of this presentation, and we'll continue uh, part two, which will be the obligation and, and then the, the knowledge lectures and everything uh, next week. But let me make some comments on this uh, test of purpose here. This the test of purpose, the two cups, this is the one edition from the French version of Craterapola that is not in the original German version. This is something that the French came up with, and it's very good. And, and, uh, and what we, we, we originally 
we originally put a, a rather unpleasant mixture of Tabasco sauce and and a whole bunch of different uh, different you know rather unpleasant things in in the uh, in the black cup, but that wasn't quite dramatic enough. And, and so what we ended up doing, uh, and as you will see if you if you see our our magical fantasy film Beyond the Mirror, you'll actually see this. You'll actually see this test of purpose. Uh, dramatized, you'll you'll see it in the temple, uh, and and what happens after after the hierophant says uh, you know says you've chosen well, he takes the black cup and pours it into the brazier, and of course and, and it's filled with 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 151 proof rum, and it flares up, uh, and you know this is the, this is not something you you want to drink. If you want to drink to the dregs, you, you you wouldn't want to, and and of course it also dramatizes. It's very dramatic, and and the first time we did it when we were doing the film, we almost burned up the whole temple. <laughs> and, but anyway, uh, this 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 is the uh, this is the test of purpose. This comes from the French version of the Quadrupola from our original, and I'd like to tell you another little story about this. Uh, we had. A uh, lady candidate, way, way back in 1970, when we first got started, we had a lady candidate who later became a Jungian analyst. And, and uh, um, she, at that time, we we used a couple of, of aluminum tumblers. One was kind of gold and the other one was silver instead of black and white. And, and that was that was the first... first uh, uh, the gold and and, uh, and silver cup that we used, uh, and and after she had done her initiation, and we had and, and we had of course we filled the silver cup uh, that time with that Tabasco sauce mixture and all that, and uh, and you know had her had her taste had her sip it and put it down, and and uh, then very shortly after that we got ourselves a much better white cup and black cup. Uh, to re, uh, to replace this these two two tumblers which we put which unfortunately I put back up in the kitchen I washed them out and put them back up in the kitchen cabinet so then we had a party we had a, we had a lodge party and 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 somebody got the got the cups out and and started using the cups that we had that that we had originally used in the initiation and this this lady sister Persephone she. Somebody handed her the silver cup with regular wine in it, and and she t- she tasted it, and she and she spit it out. She says, "My my God, it, it, it's the dark cup." <laughs> and and, uh, and and yes, it was. It was it was the dark cup, that same one that she had used in the initiation. And 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 um, um, it's an interesting story, you know. As I said, uh, so. Um, this, as I say, this comes from the French version of Craterapoa. Now, um, next week we will we will deal with the knowledge lectures because after each one of these candidates is brought in, individually obligated, and they're seated in the temple and they watch the rest of the candidates be obligated, and then then they're all conducted uh, back to the hermitage and um, put in meditation until we get the the temple reconfigured for the knowledge lectures. And and that's when we bring the candidates back down to the temple, and we explain uh, all of the symbolism in the temple with a secret seal and and uh, 
and the brass vessel and all. And, and then and then we have uh, we set up the triangle and and the dark mirror and 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 uh, and we go through a I think a rather beautiful uh, uh, document which we call Liber Astarte, uh, in which uh, in which we poetically describe. Uh, the secrets of Goetia, Solomon's uh, Solomon's Goetia, and the use of the triangle and the mirror and the circle, and and describe all of that, and and uh, then after that, following that, we have a communion of the elements, and uh, so all of that will come in the the uh, second part of the legenda, which we will present next week. Hopefully, we'll present it next week. If if we have if we haven't got it quite ready by then. Uh, uh, it will, it'll be the week following, but I think it will be. I think it'll be ready by next week. And so be sure and stay with us, and and, uh, and and you know come back next week for the second half of this. And remember now, those of you associate members, those of you who completed all of your lessons, if you want a letter of entitlement for the second degree, you're going to have to pass an examination on this agenda. So uh, be be aware of that. And it will be posted on the website. Also, I want to mention something else. That the Book of Solomon's Magic, which, by the way, is in print. It was briefly out of print. We, 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 have, an, we have an amended edition of it with an uh, up, updated edition of the Book of Solomon's Magic. And it's available on Amazon for those of you who are not members. And those of you who are members, of course, you can get it uh, with a discount coupon. And... and uh, and we send it out in membership kits. We send it out in the membership kit when you when you join. So that that book of Solomon's magic is is one of the things you have to study for this degree. And it's it's uh, so. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your your adventure uh, in the in the initiation of the pyramids in Kratoripoa and, and the Neochorus degree of, of the OTA and uh, yeah, know a little bit more about what we do. And uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, good magic. <laughs>